sake <laughs> every time every oh, sorry. time okay Don't even think. this is why we have the chat beforehand to see who's gonna uh, talk no, no, no. Uh, okay god hello everybody and welcome to line check the podcast where we're musicians in real life <laughs> and in your ears uh, <laughs> uh, god. this week we're gonna be uh picking apart one of fee's upcoming releases and we're gonna be talking about um, I suppose the writing process, uh, what inspired you, and how it came to fruition, and how it's come to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One, two, one, two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Rob. Can you tell us about <laughs> the about the track, what it's called, and and as an intro song for this week? Yes, I can. Our intro song for this week is Nuclear. It's my upcoming release um, with my band Geffer Guys, which is just me and Neil, really, in our flat in Leith, putting together, you know, things we think sound cool, basically. So, yeah, Nuclear. Um, it's a song, as you might be able to guess from the title, about um, sort of like, it started, stemmed from things like Trump um, and Trident and things like that and sort of... Um, spiraled out from there um the story of it the story uh, of it is the kind of idea of like like this all-powerful sort of you can make it a politician you can make it a god you can make it just i don't know your dad whoever in your life is is <laughs> super all-powerful someone with their finger on the button um and okay, has bomb. the capacity to to ruin um or lay waste to you know either your life or, or generations of human life and um, that's the kind of idea of the main character of the song um and they're walking through the this sort of nightmare death scape they've created um in the wake of yeah they dropped a bomb on wherever it was not very specific to be fair and it's their their sort of internal monologue through looking at this uh devastation and what they think of it's it's not very cheery um, at all. It's a fairly macabre song about <laughs> about how I thought someone in that position would react to, you know, everything they've caused. It's 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 fairly possessive, I guess. This, mm. Their mentality is quite possessive. It's quite dismissive as well. It doesn't really seem to care that much about it. A lot of it is. It sounds kind of spin doctory. There's a couple. There's a line about thoughts and prayers in there because you know. I'm nothing if not blunt <laughs> with <laughs> with my songwriting apparently. Um and there's yeah, a couple of like there's a pun as well. It's like having a blast is in there. I must have been quite drunk Hey-o. when I wrote that. Because <laughs> everyone's dead. Um and yeah, if you, I think it ends the last there's a big um there's a small sort of it sounds kind of Anderson Sisters later on um in the bridge, um, and that's kind of 
like it switches focus almost from this sort of demagogue megalomaniac figure there's the word um to like the small beacon of maybe there's life left in this place and you know um the flashlight line is kind of supposed to sort of hint at maybe we can rebuild after something horrific like this um it's not a very nice song and you shouldn't (laughs) listen to it very good (laughs) it's very sad um I wrote it, we were talking about this before the podcast, I wrote nuclear, um, oh, I should mention the spelling as well. It's been played on the radio a fair bit by some you know, indie blogs and some, some bigger people as well. And they're all saying it's called nuclear, which could be confusing because it's spelled N-U-K-U-L-A-R. And the reason for that is half the Simpsons thing of nuclear, it's pronounced nuclear. It's pronounced and nuclear. half because people from my area of Glasgow would always say nuclear. And I remember that from like school times, we did like a, a project on nuclear weapons and they say nuclear. So it's a bit of a turn on that as well. So I think just the spelling looks better. <laughs> so it's uh, quite one. a callback to your to your hood youth and growing up in, in the. <laughs> I forgot I grew up in, in the, the hood, American yeah. ghetto. It's a callback to that. Yeah, we did a product product a uh, product a project on Trident back in the day. And yeah, the song is also a little bit inspired by not inspired by it's it's a reaction to the fact that there is nukes next to the Clyde. Um, in Glasgow and if anything goes wrong with that that city is absolute toast inspired by Trident created by Pampers <laughs> oh god <laughs> maybe she's born with it maybe it's radiation um, <laughs> maybe it's so right away something that's always <laughs> <laughs> something for our Fallout fans um, so yeah the the idea of that is something that kind of keeps me up at night, the fact that that could just go off at any minute because I don't know if you know this, nuclear weapons aren't that well taken care of. I just did it there. I called it nuclear. I pronounced nuclear, nuclear. So it's just it's just in my blood, clearly. Um, <laughs> it's They're not very well taken care of. The, the administration in most countries for nuclear weapons is still the same it was when they were brought in in like the 60s and 70s and they haven't bothered to update it. Did you read that thing about the pizza delivery to like a nuclear weapons site in the US? It was a couple I, of years ago. I now. did not know. Tell me about but it. They let the pizza guy in <laughs> through the big door. And like, yeah, it's just loads of daft stuff like that. There was a plane that was carrying some like warheads um, across America. And I think something went wrong with the plane. And if it had gone down, it would have taken out like a, a large portion of a state. Um, they're just, they're not very well taken care of. No, there is, everyone's in a Mexican standoff for these things that if anything, no one's going to actually blow anybody up. I'm pretty, I think we can all pretty much agree that if that happened, it would be, you know, 20, 20 times a thousand or something. Yeah. It's like, it's just the highest, the highest level of threat uh-huh. or I suppose trump card because if you don't have nukes then exactly. it's like pff, what are they going to do well, nukers yeah. n- nice nice nukers. job <laughs> try and throw your guns at us because you haven't figured out how to shoot them loser but it's like oh yeah, okay God. maybe maybe Scotland's a threat I mean we don't but this is the thing we have tried it we don't have the power to actually oh, of course not <laughs> execute it because um, we don't want it this is the thing like it's an absolute abomination that I mean I know not everybody is left in Scotland but it's a it's a very left leaning government and I think the majority of, of people in there don't want Trident next to the Clyde to be honest listen the only um, Trident we want in Scotland is refreshing gum four out of five dentists um, <laughs> <laughs> this is how it feels to chew five gum oh remember that that always freaked me out that ad it's very weird mm. um so I, everyone's just kind of in a Mexican standoff with each other, and I think the 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 final 
like thing that actually sparked the idea of the story for nuclear was when Trump and, and oh yes we just have a little minute to say he's gone oh yes bye Felicia oh my goodness he's actually <laughs> gone I did feel we watched the inauguration yesterday and I did feel genuine genuine relief for our American um yeah counterparts basically I was like oh my god got a season finale is that um, when can we have our people stand <laughs> down <laughs> we'll do it later we always copy them so we'll have our one in like a year or something someone will rise up from the ranks and just be like right get out um <laughs> bojo for god's sake uh, um but the final spark that sort of inspired the nuclear story i think it was around the time that he was just threatening to like why don't we just nuke the middle east like it was something like that he was on record of was saying it when that. he that- was basically mouthing off with uh, Kim Jong-un. And a kind of, I think it was before, it was definitely before those guys were like best pals, basically. <laughs> and they were talking about nuking each other. It wasn't the Middle East, maybe it was North Korea. I can't remember, but it was something to do with, he was, yeah, trolling some dictator or some leader of another country on Twitter and saying, well, we'll just nuke them. And that kind of thought terrified me and I couldn't really process it properly. So I had to, obviously, because I'm a creative, write a song about it and just depress the hell out of anybody who's heard it. You're so, Craig out of South Park. I no, am Craig no, out sorry, of South not Craig. Park. Tweak. Remember when Tweak? Like, We're oh. now going to hear a song by our Tweak. Ah, it's called We're all gonna die. They have nuclear weapons. They have nuclear Why weapons. are you doing nothing? <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much the original, like, draft I had. So (laughs) I can say that. And the night that I wrote it, I think you were, you were through for some, I can't remember why we were in Glasgow. I have no idea why. I I think think we we just, like. We want to have a jam session? Yeah, I think we we were, we were going to hang out because we wanted to, to sample lots of burgers uh, in Glasgow. Uh, And then we were going to have a writing session. Yeah, yeah, I think so. No, it was the night. It was so so, so Jack came to my parents' flat in in the suburb of Glasgow. I'm not going to say where, just in case someone nukes it. But <laughs> <laughs> please don't um, nuke you my were parents. Here. I remember us playing through Diamonds and Pearls. I remember that too. Um, which is another song of mine. Uh, I remember us playing through that. I remember us eating mac and cheese, and I remember us watching I Am Wrath and having a jolly old good laugh <sighs> at John Travolta. If you haven't seen I Am Wrath and you want something Straight to up Netflix. the kind of alley of, I don't know, who would it be up the alley of, like Jean-Claude Van Damme's later work, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it's like and a, very, a very, very poor Taken without the Taken. Yes. Oh, forgot about it. It's very <laughs> Taken, isn't it? Oh, my goodness. To give you an example of, uh, this, is, this is kind of a spoiler, so if you do want to watch it, just skip ahead 10 seconds. There's a scene in the film where John Travolta gets the words I Am Wrath tattooed on his back it's that kind of vibe and then just like walks off (laughs) and he's like well that's that it's like no my man you need to cling wrap that you need to treat it you can't just you you can't just get a huge back tattoo and walk off that is gonna get infected go and kill a bunch of guys yeah he's not especially if you're around other people's blood it's just a terrible (sighs) idea you've got an open wound on your back basically john it might have been a few months later we don't know also do you have any idea how much time that would take out of your killing spree it was quite a quick montage, to be fair, for a massive back tattoo. I think it was about two minutes. Yeah, but um, like, was, yeah, exactly. Like, imagine you were like, okay, cool. I need this to- is a desperate. That was like the climax of the film. It's getting quite desperate now. He needs to do something. I know what I'll do. I'll go lie on my back. No, on my front for six hours and get a back tattoo. And then only after All it's the done, I'll well. kill the tattoo artist or whoever it was that he needed oh, to squeeze I from. No idea. Oh, anyway, no idea. Great film. Stupid. Anyway, great, great film. film. <laughs> go watch it. Um, 
So it was after that, and you don't drink, Jack. So I think I was, yeah, I was in my parents' flat, and you know, everyone, if, if you've got parents like mine, there's going to be wine in the house. So I had a bottle of white wine, and we just finished the writing session. You'd gone away, and I think I just sat and played out a couple of, because I didn't, I used to write exclusively on guitar, because I would just make shapes with my hand, and I've no idea what the chords are or tiger anything. Claw. So I did that for a bit. Yeah, Tiger Claw, um, Old Lady, all that stuff. <laughs> so I just came up with a couple of chords and then a rhythm to it. And then I just started, yeah, singing about the bomb stuff. And it just kind of came out from there. And I spent the night sort of practicing it, drinking more wine, writing more strange lyrics, clearly. And yeah, it, it was originally on guitar. I remember that. Which actually. Neil thinks, yes. I remember, I remember being on the on the train home and, um, and yeah. you basically being just sending me a message going, oh, I just wrote a whole new song from start to finish. <laughs> and I was like, damn it, Fee. <laughs> damn it. <sighs> this is the thing about me. I don't, uh, some creatives might be the same. Some might. I tend to write about a song a year, to be honest, which is, you know, pretty appalling in terms of um, a productive um, uh, output. But the songs I write, they take like like a night and they're done. And I'm like, cool. That's in the bag. <laughs> can just stop for a whole year it's very frustrating because i do like writing and i write a lot of stuff but some i don't ever this is the thing they don't they just kind of i don't sit down and have like because you do that you sit down with a guitar and try to write something you try and have a writing session sometimes i think only ever, i don't only if i'm rarely in like an actual writing mood because most of the time i'm very self-deprecating as you may have found by my charm ah, and manner um woohoo but yeah oh I, I hate myself <laughs> oh I hate myself oh I hate myself um, yeah so a lot of the time I don't feel like writing but occasionally I'll just come up with like a line or a little riff if I'm noodling around on guitar I'll make a note of it and then in time maybe in a year or so like you're saying it will have become something but it's quite rare that I sit down and go well it's 11am I've had my shower I've had my breakfast yep. here's my cup something. of tea I'm going to write <laughs> and it's going to work because it never ever does um, no, God. This is the thing. I got a lot of people um, say something like, oh, you should write every day. Even if it's absolutely rubbish, you should write something every day. And I get that idea because throw enough stuff at the wall, something might stick, that kind of mentality. Mm. And the more you write, the more you're likely to get something that you think is is workable and usable in a song. Um, I do. I, I've never tried trying to write a little bit of something every day. We did um, Napo Reno, so I can't really vouch for it. Yeah, but that was poetry. That was easy. <laughs> that didn't count as anything. I basically just spaffed into my phone once a day. It that was doesn't terrible. count as art. Like that's the <laughs> only time I've art. got up regularly and um, yeah, and actually written stuff down because I, I was using my my lyrics yeah, book yeah, yeah. and I find <laughs> I tend to do better. Why <laughs> writing than on a phone? Um, nope. Fair enough. Put it in the phone. Fair. I feel guilty when it's Don't on the phone because I'm this like, "This is my tip for writing." I've got so, Don't care. I've got so many books and fucking <laughs> like notepads and stuff that I've just never filled. Yep. Um, so yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. guilty not actually writing. Um, That's fair. Plus, I'm pretty sure I haven't in actually them. written since high school. I might have forgotten how. Um, so it's good yeah, to yeah, keep, yeah. keep the appearances up at least. Um, keep the keep the hand working with the. <laughs> I, my, I do find when if I write physically with a pen, my hand does ache after like ten minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. It's very weird. Yeah. Remember when we had to write like three hour essays and like oh yeah higher oh, and yeah. stuff it's insane um, but yeah so I would sit down um, when we did Naparima which is like a thing where yep. you write a poem every day for the for entire month. month of April um, mm -hmm. when I sat down and started doing that I did find that I was able to get into some sort of rhythm and I would wake up and I would basically spill my head onto the onto the page with whatever I mm -hmm. had in 
in my mind maybe yours were super long all the time as well Mine i thought, were like five lines i and thought I was like, a lot of them were quite short but sometimes <laughs> they, it would just come out and i think that's yeah. that's evidence of that practice working when you have a lot of i like, suppose a, yeah a routine or a repetition to be able to that's the closest thing i have to bring it yeah, out you're right actually and it really worked but for some reason i stopped afterwards because it's it is well, like a commitment and i think sometimes exhausting. i'm too tired yeah. If anyone if anyone wants to do Napple Rhymo, by the way, it is it's it's entirely voluntary. I'll you don't do it again like this year. Sign up or anything. <laughs> I'm not doing it again. But <laughs> I might do it in a musical sense. So in April I might try writing like you know, people say like four bars a day or something. I might try something like that. So it can be music or lyrics rather than both. I mm. think I might try and do like a short demo a day. Um just to see if it works or not. So I'll report back. But yeah, my creative process for the last 10 years has been pretty much a song a year. <laughs> Very good. Um, which isn't great. Um, but since I've joined up with Neil in Geffergeist, he'll send... I've actually... Technically, I've written a bunch of songs because he'll just send through whatever you know mix he's working on or whatever pieces on and i'll put lyrics to it so does that count is that me writing a song technically yeah i mean i, I think collaborating i guess really I I'm it's collaborating a, it's on lots of songs to, but yeah it's important to think of writing as getting something out as opposed to it has yeah. to be a like cut and dry project from start yeah. to finish like doing anything i do very well with, is yeah a contribution a setup I do very well with like a setup of chords or a setup of rhythm or something. Mm. Um, I do much better with that than sort of having that blank chord page in front of you and trying to figure out what is going to work with this. Um, mm. So I found that really helpful as having <laughs> half the work done for me, um, <laughs> which I suppose helps. But yeah, Nuclear, that's actually older than Graceless. Graceless came along, I'm pretty sure, a while after that. So this is an older song than that. Because yeah, it started on guitar and then the version you heard at the start of the podcast and the version that's coming out on the 29th is very different. Like, I think I sent it to you on the train. I was like, oh, here's a song. What do you think of this? And it was guitar and it was quite jaunty, weirdly, with the mm. horrible lyrics. And I think I've, it's kind of sat in my brain as being something that I, I think is a good song, but I've not quite found the sound for it yet. And then Neil and I started Geffergeist, Um and we, the first thing we did that was one of mine was Graceless. So I thought, oh, well, I've got this other one in the bank. And Neil was like, what other songs do you have that I can mess about with? And I thought, well, this will sound good with the sort of production he goes for with the massive um, synths and the massive like big drums and the echo and everything else. Mm. I'm not a production guy, as you can tell, but it's, I thought he could create a really good soundscape around it, um, more than I could do with just my, you know, my guitar or piano. Mm. So... I think that's probably the definitive version now. I think it's finally found its instrumentational home. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. I sound like an absolute tosser. Um, but I think Neil's version is probably the best I'm going to get. Um, I'm not too happy with the vocal take on it, weirdly. On nuclear. I don't really like it. Yeah, I'm not huge on it. I think I could do it better because mm. we were still figuring out how to really do vocals because Neil uses Ableton and I use Logic. Um, and it was only like very recently we realized I should handle the mixing and everything of the vocals and Neil should do the other stuff. We mm -hmm. should just, you know, mix it together if, as and when. But for Nuclear, I think we did it through his Ableton um, and it just sounds a little tinny to me. I know you shouldn't rip into your own song, <laughs> I guess, especially this late down the line <laughs> where it's all scheduled to go and stuff. Um, but since then, we've decided, yeah, let's do it separately. So my vocals now sound... And every everything after Nuclear, they sound nice and warm and, yeah, with good 
reverb and good everything. Push them so mids. So this is the last one. Push them mids well up. <laughs> so this is the last one that had the vocal take I'm not entirely happy with. But I think it, overall it's still a very well-crafted song. A lot of people got back and said, wow, this must have taken forever. And weirdly, this one didn't. This one was like a, a couple of months job, I think. Mm. Um, Neil might disagree with me, but he did say it was fairly quick compared to a lot of his other stuff. Because I had, because again, like me with the lyrics, when he sends me something he's been working on, if I send him chords and lyrics, I think it's the same thing. He just kind of gets it and just mm-hmm. gets to work really quickly. So I think we're helping each other's um, productivity. Um me forcing him to release stuff um, and him having new stuff to work on, I think. Cool. We've got a few others in the pipeline for the second EP that he's, yeah, taking chords and lyrics of mine and he's trying to put something together for it. So, yeah, we'll see. Cool. So usually, like you are saying, you you often write a bass song and then take it to, take it to Neil. Yeah, Neil or sometimes Sam as well because Sam can just make the chords way more interesting <laughs> than I can. Old lady on guitar. Um, yeah, lady. so I take... Um, so there's a few I think Graceless Graceless is mine Nuclear is mine there's another one coming up called Bleeding Air which is mine um, which will be probably on the second EP because we've got we've got too many <laughs> other stuff going on um, so about, I think that's the only three that I've written I think Neil's written the, the, the music to all the rest and I've put lyrics on top of it so yeah it's a it's a collaboration of sorts but for some reason the first two singles are things that I've I, that festered in my brain I don't know I'm pretty sure I remember festered, you great. actually <laughs> nice healthy <sighs> um, I'm pretty sure I remember you uh, coming up with first mapping out Graceless and how it could sound because um, we'd gone down to Birmingham uh, November a couple of years ago uh, to see Tom Mish to see Tom Mish Tom oh, Mish. so good um, that was great that was such a good gig remember oh, gigs no <laughs> <laughs> remember travelling to another city just to see someone impossible um, but yeah, I remember when we were coming back up on the train, I was doing some writing for, for some songs, uh, just scribbling some lyrics. And I think you downloaded like a, like a Fruity Loops style app or like oh, using yeah. GarageBand on your this. phone or something yeah. and, and you were yeah, yeah, yeah. putting some drums putting and, it together. and the vocal harmonies that would start, um, at the song. And it's, it's yeah, yeah, if yeah. I remember correctly, it's quite similar to how it ended up turning out. So I think it's interesting that oh. whilst... Whilst it is obviously... Tell me I don't need Neil. (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying whilst it's clearly a very collaborative process, it's nice Mm -hmm. to see the effect that you both have on each other with how you write for the band. Mm -hmm. Because if you've worked with Neil enough that you can probably write things and figure out roughly how it's going to work with him. And then that, like you say, speeds up the the whole process because you've, you've both got this sort of common goal in mind now. Yeah, we have an understanding now of like... I think we've, we've, we've discovered... Because we've got about 10 songs now all together hmm. um, under our belt ready to get released whenever. And I think we're now at the stage where we understand our sound and what we want to do. Um, the issue you run into with that is that sometimes you're worried it's too similar to something else you've done. But I have to just keep telling Neil, you know, like, look at any major artist that have been releasing the same song for <laughs> a good number of years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I don't think it's an obstacle, but I'm just trying to convince him that, you know, it's all right as long as it's, you know, different different enough, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you're like I, the, the thing that I find interesting with taking one of Neil's songs and putting lyrics over it is 
it's always not what he has in mind that I write, mm. obviously, because we're different people. So he'll have an idea. There was one time he wrote lyrics for one of the songs and got me to sort of sing them. And there were so many like massive words in it, like, I don't know, hypochondriac or something was in there as a lyric word choice. Like, I, just, I couldn't squish it in enough. Basically, it was like Neil had like read a th- thesaurus and just picked out a bunch of words because it's Neil. And he, <laughs> Songwriting comes from sound? here, your full-size aortic pump. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It was very that. Um, and we tried it and it just wasn't quite fitting properly. Mm. Um, and after that, I think he was just like, yeah, you just you just go for it. You just do it. It all sounds very sparse and very, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Abstract. Mm. And that's fine. As long as I think we both like lyrics that say nothing. which is not great nuclear is a bad example i guess because it's actually got a story behind it graceless was about absolutely there was a lovely review of graceless where someone was breaking down the themes and the lyrics and i was like cool yeah yeah what yeah sure that's that's what it's about (laughs) because yeah it makes it's very like abstract poetry or something graceless i think it's yeah (laughs) you're a poet (laughs) (laughs) haha kev did say i love the lyrics and i was like damn it no (laughs) That's not, I hate recognition it's not from it. it's not accredited it. from writers. Accredited writers, God. Um, but in, yeah, the rest of the songs, that the things that I write for Neil are fairly abstract and fairly like, there's one about the pandemic, I think, sort of. But again, you can barely tell. Mm. <laughs> I think I, I think write a lot of very abstract stuff now. You and I are quite similar in the sense that I think neither of us attempt at least to, to write... Um, in one dimension, I suppose. I I kind of <laughs> I kind of don't like when my um. Well, wait to phrase it. Well, well, it might sound really wanky, but I kind of like it when my lyrics are oblique enough that they could be about anything instead of like today yep. I, I went easier as to well. the shops. The shops. And I was there. Got in my stolen the bike back from the co-op. <laughs> After that, we boys. <laughs> wine you should do a song about that story i love that story that really made my day the fact that your bike got stolen by a 13 year old who then cycled to the co-op across the road left it outside got a bottle of wine got caught and legged it (laughs) is that the story that's essentially that's essentially the story um yeah thanks (laughs) it'd be a great song um, a good sea shanty. They're really in now. You should do a sea shanty. Why are sea shanties in? Um, do you know TikTok? It just, it's a very oh, fun thing to duet with people with. It's a simple no. rhythm. It's harmonized. You know, it's it's an easy and quite, you know, it feels very folky and very different to me that you have now. So it's, yeah, it's different and it's easy. And it's, yeah, traditional and people, yeah, just like it. You can write a sea shanty about absolutely anything. And it's a great way to stay in shape. Yep. And it's a good duet tool as well. Like TikTok's all about duetting. So I'm not even I'm not an active user on TikTok. I just see a lot of them through the subreddit TikTok cringe. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. This is a thing now. There was a really good um, trend a few weeks ago. This <laughs> has gone way off topic where they were getting like, because like the Japanese pop scene, I don't know if you know this, Jack, it's just constant bangers. There's not a single song, I'm going to lay down my life here, that was released in Japan in the 80s that is not a bop. Fair. Okay. Fair. Every so, every Japanese like <laughs> song you sent through has been yes, like a, an absolute bop. Yeah, like a clinical approved bop. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm just going to look up the song I'm looking at. Is it telephone? Cut this out in a minute. It's not telephone. Actually, it's a similar number, but it was a huge hit in Japan back in the day. Where is the song? 
So there was a song released in Japan in the 80s called Stay With Me by Miki Matsubara. Um, and it was a huge hit. Um, and the trend on TikTok is basically um, second generation Japanese kids in America um, or anywhere just playing that song to their mom and seeing if they know the words. And they all just, it comes on, they're all just like, stay with me yeah. and they just go into it and it's a great trend so yeah tiktok uh, and it's, i know it's got a lot of problems but it's also quite a happy place sometimes and you can find a lot of good tunes on there fair enough. including sea shanties fair enough okay so, yeah. well sea shanties what the hell are we talking about <laughs> you, you started talking about sea shanties because you were like why don't you make a sea shanty about how your bike got stolen by a kid oh yeah whoops <laughs> oh yes we were on yeah I lyrical <laughs> uh, writing lyrics and so i declined love it declined um <laughs> we we're talking about lyrical content so yeah I think, yeah, when I was younger, I used to write a lot of personal stuff about, you know, some 14-year-old boy who was, you know, dicking me about wherever the heck it was. But, and it was all very, like, in first person. And now I've kind mm-hmm. of changed to, I think Diamonds and Pearls was sort of the, the crossing of the threshold from going, like, personal problems to bigger world problems or, like, mm-hmm. political things I don't understand or just things I just wanted to sort of process a bit in a more abstract way. That's the word of the day, abstract. <laughs> basically so yeah and that's kind of seeped into my if I listen to a song now and the lyrics aren't particular if the lyrics are super personal or there's like because you and I do if we put on like a pop song and someone sings like a word we can often guess what the next words that it's going to rhyme with is which is quite a fun game but it's also quite you know quite up ourselves if you're (laughs) ever in trouble and something's come along to burst your mood. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Exactly. So, yeah. If um, talking about uh, lyric stuff, yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah, I just don't tend to write from first person perspective anymore unless, like, nuclear is a character or somebody who's clearly not me. I didn't push a nuke on people that but we know of I'll write of it if I'm trying to do it from a different perspective but like not not very much like my heart hurts because this specific person <laughs> didn't do the dishes or whatever you know my heart hurts because I set <laughs> off a nuke in your neighborhood and I miss you Susan <laughs> <laughs> if your Clyro's back fantastic did you oh, did dear. you hear their cover of WAP I did not good how is it oh <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's an experience. Okay. What happened to Biffy Clyro? Oh, they're still there. They had like a they're tour. Still, they had still... a tour last year that was scheduled. Obviously, it didn't happen. But like... I mean, I think a lot of us had gigs and tours that didn't happen. Whoop. Whatever happened yes, to the, the Apollos? Oh, my goodness. Like, <laughs> we still went we to were all pretty certain. <sighs> we were all pretty certain that we were hoping like when the wedding season started again this year, we'd have you know the gigs that have been moved come back but now we're at the stage where couples are now either having small ceremonies so they don't they can't have a band in their numbers because that's like five other households rather than five people that you know they know and love (laughs) have established relationships with um or they're just cancelling and they're going to reschedule when it's all over so yay wedding industry i don't know if you saw this gonna be Um, fine on the day of recording 21st january um this uh it just got announced today that glastonbury has been cancelled for the second year in a row because of covid i did see this yeah, so, I did see this. Well, how can you really? It's a lot of preparation and like like a wedding, much like a wedding. Glastonbury, how like <laughs> on a the same wedding scale, um, my is Glastonbury. <laughs> um, it's a lot of planning and stuff. To, it's like when the fringe got cancelled. It's so much work to do to possibly have it all be true. You know, the rug pull from under you from either you know vaccines not getting rolled out fast enough or. 
um, there's an, another strain that the vaccine whatever the there's it's just there's too many things that could go wrong with it basically yeah and I think it's, it's like trying to apply for funding right now for like a big project you have and the health and safety thing that sometimes comes with a lot of grants is just like yeah this won't happen if COVID, if COVID is still around obviously oh, so so my super fun happy slide water park isn't gonna happen <laughs> pretty much so yeah, I'm not surprised Glastonbury's cancelled again. I wouldn't be surprised if the majority of festivals are, and everything is cancelled again. I'm pretty sure the Fringe is cancelled again, isn't it? I haven't seen about it for this year. Do you know? Yeah, um, I've seen about it. But it, it. I feel like that's an insider thing. I feel like Sam, my husband Sam, talked to somebody who's involved in the Fringe quite heavily and was like, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, so well, that's a hot tip from from line check to you. Indicative <laughs> the of... The Fringe, not happening again. <laughs> indicative of what things are going to still be like in half a year's time. Yep. Heyo. Heyo. Can't yep. believe it's lockdown um, again. To me, it's not lockdown until you make your first banana bread. I've not made banana bread. Well, you're just a heartless <laughs> bitch, then, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I eat my bananas. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fair enough. I've been mad, oh, mad for the bananas recently. Mad for the bananas. Oh, yeah. um, so anyway, getting slightly back sorry, on getting track. Getting back to yeah. Um, so. <laughs> With the writing process, obviously, um, with the main focus on nuclear, but in general, I suppose, a lot of the, like you're saying, a lot of the times when you're writing, you do things all in one go and the song just all, sort of uh-huh. comes out as one. Mm-hmm. Do you start, I suppose, with the lyrics? Great toilet trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> do you start with... The- <laughs> With the lyrics or the music, and do you find that it usually comes because, like, are you, do you put them together um, before thinking what the music sounds like to you, and then it forms yeah, a bond afterwards, about, yeah. or do you do you come up with like the music and go, this sounds and feels like that, so I'm going to put these lyrics to it. Um, I kind of get what you mean. Yeah, I think a hundred times out of a hundred. Um, <laughs> Great. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you haven't been alive Fine. for a hundred years. You haven't Shut written a hundred songs. Up. Shut up. Ten out of ten times I'll have the chords first. Um and they'll sit in my brain for it could be a couple of days, could be a couple of years, dunno. And then later on I'll think of lyrics for it basically. So there's the uh, it takes sometimes it comes out in the one go like nuclear and like graceless was kind of in the one go but i had to when i <laughs> i remember taking it to neil and neil being like right you need like a verse <laughs> nah <laughs> to this nah, you can't just have the four chords and the one chorus bit like you need something else here um and yeah you need to make it more interesting um we hopefully did um whereas like something newer like bleeding air which is going to be out like hoping at the end of this year but we'll see was chords that i'd had in my brain for because I had like a couple, I often have like a couple of set of chords, like just different things in like different keys, mm-hmm. and then try and smoosh them together somehow. You do so love screen just time was jumping like that. all over the shop with keys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Screen time is the worst example for that. <laughs> I think it changes keys a fair number of times. Um, that's just different sets of chords that I'd come up with, and I'd just whenever I sit at the piano, like waiting on a student, I'd just play them and be like, "Yep, da ba da ba da," and then I'll do this one, da da ba da, and then eventually I'll sort of try and string them together and make them make the keys sort of join up in my completely non theory esque way. Um, and eventually a song will come out from that. And yeah, in terms of like instrumentation and stuff and production, if that's what you mean by like how it sounds in my head, I don't really have any vision past like chords and lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> which isn't ideal sometimes i do 
Um, with Reach, I did. Like, as soon as Reach was pretty much near completion, it was before we did the bridge or anything, I knew I wanted, like, organ in it. I wanted loads of harmonies in it and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and that's still not out. Because <laughs> I don't know, I don't have the motivation to actually record it properly, clearly. I did a demo last year during lockdown and thought, cool, we're going to get in the studio in November and do it. Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, so that was half lockdown, half me going like, ah, I've got other stuff on. <laughs> busy. <laughs> um, but hopefully at some point we'll be able to do um, like a proper like Fiona Little three or four songs um, EP at some point. Yeah. But for now. I really hope yeah, when we'll it comes out, you, you call stuff. it the Fiona Little three or four songs at some point <laughs> EP. <laughs> Like that's just the title. Hopefully we'll get into a recording studio at some point this year and be able to bash out a couple of songs or whatever over the course of like a week or something. But it's not really in the foreground of my plans for this year. My plans for this year is mainly Geffrey Guy centric because as I've said, I do like a quarter of the work for that. <laughs> and Neil does the rest of it. So that seems like the easier thing to do. Sometimes the easier thing to do is just the thing you should be doing. Very so, fair. Very fair. I'll keep writing one song a year. Neil will keep pumping out jams and I'll just... And just ride that <laughs> rainbow to stardom. Just ride that rainbow, exactly, yep. So for you, is it chords or or like, or what do you think? Do you have the whole idea of the aesthetic of the song in your head as soon as you write it or does it take a while? Do you have chords that you just smoosh together like I do and it ends up all being different keys and all over the shop or what do you do? Admittedly, I don't do key changes nearly as much as I probably should because it does add a whole other element of like ooh what's going on here and usually I go cool this is the key I'll like add a lot of like I will say Sam hates me for the best key changes <laughs> I have so you're you're keeping everyone happy if you don't change the key to be honest yeah well we'll see the music usually comes first and I've started separating my writing process so essentially now I write lyrics about things completely like atonally and then, or usually with the sort of like mind to someone else's song, like I can have the sort of mood or the um, the tempo of a different song and go, cool, yeah, I'll write some, write some lyrics to this sort of effect. Uh, and uh-huh. then I'll just be mucking around on guitar, coming up with chords or a little riff. And then almost always I'll feel in the mood to do something and, when a chord progression is done and I think the music is technically there, I'll look yep. through, I'll, I'll think, okay, what does this make me think about? What can I write about? And then if there's a page that jumps out to me that looks like it might fit the the style or the overall uh, meaning and feeling that I've got of the song that I want to get across, mm-hmm. then I'll I'll see if that can so fit you marry in. those two? Kind of, okay. yeah. Or like I'll chop and change and take some of the lines and go, oh, I really like that yeah. actually. But maybe if I change the line after it, then that'll sound more appropriate or... Yeah, you've told me about this before. You write the lyrics as like a poem and then... I've been yeah, trying to recently. Are yeah. you trying to? I don't think I could do that. I could try, but like my Napa Rimo, as you saw, was a bit of a a bit of a different thing to my lyric game. <laughs> it was a lot of Final Fantasy references, a lot of... I have one called, what was it, Gulf War Blues? I loved Gulf about War eating, Blues. It was about eating granola at three in the morning in the toilet. Oh, it's so funny. That's not something you should write a song about. Oh, it's so funny, though. <laughs> Oh dear. If you're interested in seeing more of my poetry, um, you should rethink your values <laughs> as a human. <laughs> it's not good. Um, 
but yeah so I, yeah I, I i think that's something i could try is actually writing lyrics first and then trying to do i think that's what yeah i don't know i think neil did that with the song he wrote and it just didn't really fit what we had in mind for it i don't know I, it would be sort of reversing my process i mm. find it a strange idea i usually read the lyrics afterwards but it's just if i've ah. written something that i think yeah. sounds cool i can call back on it later um, but I feel like mm-hmm. often I don't have the energy or the attention to do everything all in one go. Um, Fair enough. If we enough. if we do another one of these sort of like, um, I suppose breakdown episodes of uh, oh, yeah, of yeah. a song. Um, if we do one for mine, then um, the song that I've got coming out soonest is Plasticast, and I wrote that all in one go, effectively. There you go. Um, yeah, it was like two hours or so, hour and a half, start to finish. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a case where. Um, maybe half the lyrics are things that you have I'd, a fully formed idea. I'd like huh? written down before, and I just went through and went, "Cool, that works. That fits. Great. I'll write yeah. a line to glue these other two lines together." And it was like, "Well, mm-hmm. that's done. Cool." That one, that one, I think is similar. Uh, it's written from like different characters' perspectives and stuff mm. in terms of like being similar to nuclear. That's got a similar writing style to it. Going back to writing things in like one goal. Um, for me, it goes rather than going chords, lyrics is probably chords, then vocal melody, then lyrics, because I'm much mm. like a more of a melodic person than a chord person. I should be more melodic. Um, I'm a Libra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I have the chords down and I have a rhythm down, and then I'll just start sort of spouting, singing absolute nonsense, like blah, 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 over it. And then eventually words will come from there. And then, like, quite often the first line leads to the rest of the song. So for mm. Oh, yeah, same, like, same here. Deep in the heart of a graceless god, I was like, ah, that fits. What does it mean? No idea. And just everything just kind of followed that general theme of like, ah, it's about ethereal fantasy, blah. Um, and with nuclear, it's a similar thing. Like I walked into a nuclear bomb this Tuesday. I don't know why I picked Tuesday. Maybe it was a Tuesday. I don't know. Again, quite drunk. Um, <laughs> and it, <laughs> it followed that theme from there. And the story just kind of poured out from that point and that point of view. Um so yeah, the first line seems key to me. Same. I, um, I always, and, always and from your reaction, it's key to you too. Yeah, I always try and either have the first line in mind, and I go, "Cool, that's it." Needs to have a punchy first line, and then I go, "All right, that's the tone set. Let's follow on from that yep. and see what the story is." Or, yep. For the last couple of times, I've written a chorus that I really like, and then I go, "Okay, oh, yeah. well, if that's the main refrain, then let's figure out where the verse Bit is going." Something around. It kind of yeah. seems like a lot of the your first lines of songs could be like intro text for like anime intros uh for mine you mean yeah like oh like, imagine imagine watching like attack on titan it's like deep in the heart of a graceless god um no i get that we were we were playing smash brothers like i said last episode like sam and i were just working our way through the, the campaign and the song for that is like oh god it's like something turns into a spirit of light something like that it's very japanese amazing very yeah, like very like undying light, like very like yeah, yeah. abstract and like about space and stars and stuff. And I was like, oh God, I could have written this. I really <laughs> like these lyrics. So I think years of playing JRPGs has sort of shaped my lyrical oh, I, um, I content as well. I, definitely I think you're absolutely love, right. Anime. Um, oh. like all the soundtrack to Persona 5 is just oh, insane. Mate, it's so good. Oh, 
yeah that yeah. too that's kind of shaped it too yeah the kind of like yeah just I, I can't really describe it it's very ethereal very fantasy sort of and like big like romantic imagery basically mm-hmm. I think is a good way to sum up anime because when you see the translation you're like what the what, what the horse is doing with the soul of someone's <laughs> love what the hell's happening the horse has stolen but my love soul it just soul. works yeah, something like that. It's just, it's yeah. I I love the the big grandiose but completely nonsensical vibe that you get from anime intro songs or from video like Japanese video game yeah, songs. Like, I need so to good. go through the eighty seven oh. circles of hell to rescue my love who's oh, actually trapped yes. inside my pet dog. I fight you know? for friendship. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Oh my goodness. So I think that has definitely shaped it as well. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You're looking cool, Joker. Um, <laughs> oh god i want to play persona again <laughs> nino kuni is very similar to persona to be fair I'm, um I'm, I'm we won't talk about, about it on it. the podcast anyway. but yeah nino kuni it's great um final thing about nuclear um that came into my head as i was writing it was obviously the the sort of um the short film you obviously want playing <laughs> when your song comes on you sort of imagine the scene and you imagine what it looks like and and um just different like you storyboard it in your head or at least mm. i do i storyboard yeah. sort of what i want the, the music video or just what i because i did it a lot with albums when i was younger i think i've said before because yeah. i was a lonely only child i would listen to albums and sort of imagine a story along with it i do that with my own writing now as well and i sort of try and imagine what it's going to look like um on screen so for this music video that's coming at some point maybe after release who knows at this point um it's gonna be um by tyler mortimer again so blank page little art who's also done the video for plaster cast i believe oh yes he has yeah so we've got that in the back too um and the story is basically like a girl who has somehow survived this big nuclear bomb thing, just sort of wandering through the wasteland, thinking back to her past and that kind of thing. And the images I've got so far look super, super good. So I'm very excited to see this come to life. It's very Akira. Mm. Uh, Yeah, when that drops, I'm going to be very, very happy. Amazing. (laughs) It looks exactly like it was in my head. And I think, yeah, the image of how it looks. So like, there's always like a scene, I think, or or a relatable scene that I come up with in my head and my imagination for the song. It was just like one scene. I think that's something i've just got into the habit of mm. don't know i think i do something don't similar know. to that but i also <laughs> yeah also do the same with colors and it's like if it was on if it was on screen i know what the lighting setup would be like you know um christ but okay i'm not that bad <laughs> but it's like <laughs> usually usually most of the songs that i write about are from personal experiences um so often there'll be like a moment that has sort of spurred a certain song or a certain line or whatever that will usually play back in my head wherever that memory took place i usually have like a snapshot of it in the colors or like the architecture around it and it it somewhat does feed into the lyrics i think but um yeah i i I I understand thank you thank you for understanding it was basically a very convoluted plug for the music video that's coming out but yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's it for this week thank you for listening and hearing me tediously break down my own work I hope it wasn't too much of a self-indulgent lesson for everybody and I hope some people took some creative stuff away from it for writing for their own songs my main note is just yeah you don't have to write every day and it's not all going to be great so you know go easy on yourself basically don't be so self-deprecating Jack and everybody else out there it can happen in an hour it can happen over a number of years it'll happen when it happens so just you know take it easy um our just the look the song you're hearing right now is obviously um nuclear thing we've been talking about the whole time so it's out oh if this is coming out this will be out on the what day 27 what day is wednesday 
27th. So today's the 27th. Nuclear is out in two days on the 29th at 12pm. Please, if you like it, go stream it. You can buy it on Bandcamp as well to support um, myself and Neil as we try to pay rent on this on this flat at <laughs> least over um, Spotify stream. So yeah uh, if you like the song give me a message as well um about what you like about it wherever you want so yeah just yeah just yeah hope you enjoy it and i hope it doesn't make you too miserable in t- this horrible time that we're in <laughs> not very happy da, day, da, da. Really. <laughs> da, da, da. um so yes if you want to send us a message about the podcast if you have something you want us to talk about um, we've got a few topics in mind for the next few weeks like uh, we're going to talk about vocal health we're going to talk a little bit about um, tax as well I know everyone's clamouring to hear us talk about tax um, so we're going to do an episode on the different sides of that and whether you should be a limited company or a sole trader um, and a few other things as well and Jack's going to break down his next single as well um, and anything else you want to talk about just message us you can find me on Twitter as Fiona Liddell or on Instagram as Leona Fidel or on Facebook as Fiona Liddell Music sort yourself Jack, out Jack where can we find you? <laughs> she needs to get her priorities straight I know you can find me at Ron Weasley Music um, <laughs> so it's at Jack Kinks Music on all platforms well, la di da. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week and we'll with be something then. else. We'll be better then. Love you. Bye. Bye.